All right. What is Canadian football? So it's like football in America, not soccer. I would imagine by the name. But it's like American football, but in the same way that Canada is kind of like a bizarro U.S., um, it's like a bizarro version of American football. So you have three downs instead of four downs to get your 10 yards. Because why not? The field is 110 yards instead of 100 yards. I'm guessing this had to do with some kind of metric conversion gone horribly awry, but... (laughs) Uh, and you know, there's, there's, uh, 12 players instead of 11 players. Um, the receivers, they can run before the ball, like kind of like arena football. Um, and so they've made these, they've made these changes. Then there's sort of like slight tweaks to that. So like, since there's only three downs to get your 10 yards, they make the defense start one yard back behind the ball. Um, and there's no, there's no fair catches. Uh, there's no touchbacks. If you do a touchback, you actually give the other team one point. It's a special scoring play called the Rouge. Um, it's it's French because there's the one province in Canada that's French, and so they sort of drag everyone uh, along. And, and you know, if you ever watch a game featuring the, the team from Montreal, they have to have the refs do everything in French, uh, you know, first and then say it in English. But of course. Now, you'd be very surprised to learn, I think, that the Canadian Football League is actually older than the National Football League. So it is not that they did everything wrong. They just happened to uh, have things slightly off. Oh, my God. Wait, so hold on. Okay. 110 yards, or do they measure it in meters and just no, for it's, some it's yards. It's yards. It's yards, yeah. Okay. So in the NFL, they have the 50-yard line at the center, yeah. and in the CFL, they have the 55-yard line. <laughs> With all these changes, though, it's it's surprising how close the game is where, you know, in NFL, if you're like a receiver and you have like 100 yards and a touchdown, like that's a good, you know, a good performance. Or if you're running back getting 100 yards rushing or if you're a quarterback getting, you know, 300 yards passing and it translates almost exactly, uh, you know, statistically to the Canadian Football League. Can can you watch this in America? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So as until last year, all the games were on... Um, we're on ESPN Plus, which is, you know, where ESPN throws all the stuff that it doesn't put on the main channels. Um, Basically, the ESPN ate the Ocho. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now there's now you can watch it on CBS Sports and the CFL themselves are trying to build their own streaming platform called CFL Plus. Where Who isn't trying to build their own streaming platform at this point? Like, I don't know, but lots of people should not. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, it's the, rough. the interesting the interesting part about this is like usually when people are in America, it's content like geo restrictions are sort of flipped where it's like, oh, someone from, you know, like Australia wants to watch this like US show, but it's not available because, you know, the the rights and, and all that. But here it's like, oh, uh, in Canada, like you can watch it like on, you know, over the air antenna TV. But like in the US, you have to like have a special like app subscription to get it. <laughs> It's very, very complicated to watch, uh, but I do watch nearly uh, every game. Uh, I actually play fantasy football for Canadian Football League, not, oh not for was, the NFL. That, I was going to ask. I was going to ask if they have fantasy Canadian football, and you just yeah. answered it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's actually, it's kind of it's kind of like a little side hustle that I have. I play on, I play on DraftKings where you can play for money, and so over the past, no like, the past like four years, I think I've I've won like around twenty five thousand dollars playing fantasy Canadian football, 
which is, you know, which is more than most people's, you know, fledgling build in public indie hacker projects. So I think it's been a good use of my time. I mean, do people take it as seriously as American football fantasy, American fantasy, American football? Jesus. Yeah. Everything is just like a smaller scale. And that's like why I got into it at the beginning, because I was, I, I liked playing NFL fantasy football, but there's just so many people that there's not really like any uh, edge to be gained from mm. anything. Like there's hundreds of sites that will give you like very extreme, like cutting edge, like analysis and statistical modeling and projections and, and all this stuff. But like for the Canadian football league, there was nothing. So I, I, the first season I basically built like a crappy version of all these tools on my own uh, because the Canadian football league had their own, um, API that they could they could use uh, you could you could get all the data from so that was kind of how it started and uh, you know I had like this suite of little homegrown tools that was like oh no one else has these so everything is everything is the exact same it's just like a smaller scale so like if right. you play if you play fantasy football on you know on these like you know pay to play sites it's like you can win like a million dollars every week if you win like the big jackpot and like you know there's but there's hundreds of thousands of people entering whereas in the Canadian Football League, there's probably like a hundred people entering, and you can win a thousand dollars if you come in first place. Um, but I think it's a lot, it's a lot easier to like get into the one percent of like CFL fantasy players because there's so few of them. Right. Jeez, I thought you were making a joke when you're like, I can talk about Canadian football. It's like, that's not a thing. You're talking about rugby. No, 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 no it's a thing. No. Nope. Today I learned about fucking canadian football because why not yeah <laughs> you, you you would probably be surprised to learn that in the past there have been teams from america that actually were in the canadian football league i would be was, very surprised to hear that like teams that i've just, heard of or like no no but no, there's like okay. a, there's a cfl team in like las vegas and so it was like you know it's like eight can, canadian teams and then like one from like las vegas <laughs> it's like the reverse of mlb where you've got yeah, a bazillion exactly american teams and then like what two can is there two canadian teams still or is it only the blue i'm is not sure Expo's still a thing i don't think I don't so know. i think I'm toronto old. is the only one maybe okay right but yeah it's it's interesting and the the canadian football league too you also there's also a requirement that a certain number of the players have to be canadian citizens um so oh, if really if you're like if you're an actual like you know naturalized or or you know born canadian citizen like and you go and play like division one football, but you don't make it to the NFL. Like you're of extreme value to, uh, you know, Canadian football teams, because that means they can, you know, use an American, uh, in another, another spot. Huh? That's an interesting rule. They don't yeah, have that rule in, in hockey. Although no, I feel they like don't. they wouldn't need that rule in hockey. Cause I feel like it's almost the reverse rule. Like you need to have an American on your team would be the hard yeah. thing to do. It always, it always struck me as, as weird because it does seem to be a case where people are seem to be happy with like restricting things based on like your uh, like national origin, wherein lots of other things it's like, yeah, we don't want to be, we don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so how, how the Red Wings looking for, for next season still, still horrible or well having a good off season. See, I have the I had the problem of when I was so I was born in Michigan, so I've been like a Red Wings fan, uh, and my dad was a big Red Wings fan, and he watches, you know, he's he gets the Sunday ticket package or whatever, and and he watches every game, and they lose quite quite a bit, so that's oh, uh, yeah. an, an exercise in frustration. But 
growing up, like I, you know, followed the Red Wings and, uh, you know, during, you know, when I was like, like elementary school age or like middle school age was like kind of in like the heyday of the, the, the dynasty of, of Detroit when they, you know, were winning multiple Stanley Cups and, uh, you know, trouncing your uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, quite handily, a 4-0 sweep, if I recall. Uh, it's that, you know what, that that's not even that bad like that's just yeah at least, that's it. At least yeah, they like made it made it to the championship yeah, that's nothing like, to scoff at i'd love to get swept in the playoffs because it means we made it to the playoffs um yeah, that's not going to so, happen for yeah a there's couple of there's kind of like the 90s era red wings and there was like the red wings avalanche you know blood feud which was great uh you know great as a as a fan to watch and then you know the then they were bad for a bit and then they kind of had the the you know, the second wave with, uh, you know, Zetterberg and Datsuk and sort of winning, winning, uh, winning another cup in the early 2000s and getting back. And then they've just been sort of uh, terrible for, for, for quite a long time. But we are, uh, you know, trusting the process. We are following the, uh, the Iser plan and, uh, you know, things are looking up for, for Detroit. I think they're going to be uh, competing for a playoff spot uh, this next year. And, and, uh, and we'll see. Maybe maybe it'll, it'll be worth uh, watching all the games. I, I will say where you see a lot of crap teams and you just watch one of their home games and you see so many empty seats and you're like, yep, yeah, it's because you guys think. I didn't, like, at least not to the same level, saw that with Detroit. Your fans are, like, die hard. It doesn't matter yeah. how team, bad the team's doing. Like people are still going. People still have their season tickets. Like yeah, yeah. We have. I mean, we have that problem. Uh, so I live in Indianapolis, and so we have that. We have that problem with the the Pacers, the NBA team here, where they're never they're never going to attract like uh, top players, and the the management is not willing to like spend exorbitantly. So. They're basically just sort of there to arbitrage the like collective bargaining power of the league where like as long as you field a team like you get like your cut of the the revenue and so you know the the team will never be good and never be bad and and it's kind of a you're in purgatory with with the team mm-hmm. i i like I'm very drawn to the like extreme outlier strategies and in, in sports too because I think it's just more interesting whether that's like we're gonna like tank and intentionally be bad and then like collect all these assets and and try and flip them around um you know or or like we're gonna try some wacky strategy i I just wish I wish more teams that were like stuck in that middle would try that of like you know, because it can work out. You can see you've seen that with like the Golden State Warriors, where they're like, "We're gonna just like only shoot threes and only draft players that are like good at shooting threes. and then like it sort of worked out for them, and that was like where the league was going. Um, but then you have these other sports where it's like we don't have the money or the talent to compete, but we're gonna play the same game and use the same strategies as the other teams, and yeah, it's just it's just never gonna work. Yeah. Uh- it it also is weird in hockey because you can lose on purpose almost be the worst team in the league and not even be guaranteed that good of a draft pick yeah cuz yep. you got the and draft in, lottery in, in hockey as well like it it's rare that top draft picks outside of the top 3 i would say like actually come in and make an impact and even play right away like 
Yeah, lots I would. Of players I would go, lots of players go into development for several years, or like, oh, I, I we're drafting this like eighteen year old, and he's going to play in you know the the Swedish pro league for you know two years before he comes up and plays in the minor leagues. It's kind of yeah, like baseball, I, def- I think, in that way where there's you know the 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 number one overall pick like has a chance to play, but everybody else you know <laughs> is not. Whereas you know sports like the basketball or football, it's like your 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 draft picks are like expected to if not start, but at least make, you know, contributions to the, to the team early on. Yeah. I I definitely agree that there's a development cycle for your draft picks in hockey, but I will have to disagree on the outside of the top three or so. Like there's been some deep draft picks that ended up being amazing hockey players. And it happens. I feel like more than in other sports where it's like, some of the other sports, you're just like, if you're not a first-round pick, you're just yeah a bench warmer. But in hockey, there have been people drafted in later rounds that are, I think Mark oh, Stone yeah. was yeah round five even. A, Detroit has a long history of this as well. Um, but it's just more that they don't come in immediately. So it's not like you can... Mm like lose for one season be terrible and then like sort of spring back it's like you will probably be bad for a few years and then it will take a few years of you being bad and drafting (laughs) and developing players correctly right developing players correctly is definitely a problem that the flyers have had i will say that so canadian football a little bit of hockey what else we got what what's our other random topic to to Uh, fill our bonus episode with do you ever play pickleball dude no mm-hmm. but i okay so this is i don't keep up on the new cool things obviously but i thought pickleball was like an old person sport i thought it was a it way is. to trick old people into playing a sport and being physically active i have so many friends that are like limping around and i'm like what happened to you they're like oh, i tweaked my calf playing pickleball ernesto came to a a Philly RB joint meetup mm-hmm. that we had in person. He limps into the room. I'm like, dude, what happened to you? And Ernesto's not that old. And he's like, oh, I hurt myself playing football, uh, pickleball. I'm like, okay, number one, you're too young to play pickleball, in my head at least. And number two, I thought it was for old people. How do you get hurt playing this <laughs> old people sport? Yeah, I mean, so the basic, it basically is like tennis with less running, which, you know, was good, is good for, you know, if you have bad knees or, or you know, don't want to run like five miles to you know <laughs> hit the ball back and forth but what's happening now in pickleball is like it's it's um it's a good like middle ground sport of like it's there's lots of uh, there's a much lower barrier to entry than tennis like you don't have to have like a 200 uh a racket or like a membership to a club to play and it's like there's kind of a social aspect to it so mm. i think that's you know more people are are getting into it for that but it's a little bit more you, you do get like more exercise than uh you know ping pong so it, it's, it's sort of a sorry excuse me table tennis um <laughs> ping pong is a brand uh, table tennis is the sport it's kind of in the middle so then you have you also i think you also have lots of people that are not working in an office playing table tennis that are looking for something like that pickleballs fitting in that way then you've got so you've got pressure from both sides and um <laughs> It's it's a lot of fun, but what what you see happening in the pro, you know, there's now that these startup no, pro pickleball leagues. Oh, oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> there's multiple competing leagues. 
So they're still trying to hash out whether it's going to be like a t- like a team franchise based model or is it going to be an individual model? Oh um, yeah, I mean, with anything, it's like there's a business to it, right? And so sports sports are like one of the few industries where there's like legalized monopolies, basically. So if you can sort of cash in on this, you can have like the next the next UFC if you like get the right pickleball league and pickleball becomes you know so popular. So there's lots of money flowing in. But what happens is these like the the people that play professional tennis that are sort of outside the top like 30 of pro tennis are realizing that they can like grind it out to like you know be the number like 84 ranked you know men's tennis player or you could go play pickleball and be like the number two ranked tennis you know or number two ranked pickleball player and there's a lot of money flowing in right now so that's what you're seeing in and kind of pickleball is that there's a lot of uh, tennis pros or like, oh, I was a division one college tennis player, but, mm. uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have any aspiration of joining, you know, the, uh, the, the um, you know, the, te- the pro tennis circuit, but I can like join the pro pickleball circuit and get a paddle sponsor and, uh, <laughs> you know, be off to the races. So it's really just Wait. about finding, finding your niche, right? Like, <laughs> I could maybe I would be like the number one hundredth best you know JavaScript dev influencer, but I can be like the number you know three top Rails influencer. Oh, dude, you're you're right. That's actually a good point. I've I've, Jason Sweat has talked about that before. Like, you got to find your niche. You can't be the number one Rails developer per se, but he was like, I'll be the number one Rails testing guy. Exactly. So, like, actually, that that's a good point. You could probably be like a huge Cobol influencer because like no one no one's making videos about it no one's yeah. making videos and it was in high demand during the pandemic it was it was big it made a thing although other, array, the other I, thing arrays start at one so i don't know how much you want to get into that yeah 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 i don't i don't know about cobalt as a uh <laughs> as a prospect but there are dozens the of other, us. the other thing that's interesting in that space is like all these people now are just, they're doing like React videos, but of like programming blogs. And I just think it's like the weirdest crossover. So there'll be people that's like, I'm like a dev influencer. And it's like, I'm reacting to like this blog post by like DHH. And so they just like, they've got like their live stream and they pull up their like face cam. And then they've got the monitor next to them. That's got like, you know, DHH's blog post about, uh, you know, why you don't need foreign keys or whatever. And <laughs> The, you know so then there's just just like this like rust developer who's just like reading it and like stopping every every like sentence to be like yeah i agree or like no this is completely this is completely wrong and we're just we're <laughs> living in strange times uh that is that is definitely strange uh my daughter i caught my daughter it's, this is not going to be as bad as me catching my daughter makes it sound but caught my daughter watching a video of a guy reacting to someone else playing a video game. So yeah. she's not even like doing the, I would argue, somewhat normal thing of like, hey, I don't want to play the game, but I want to see the story unfold. So I'm going to watch this person play the game. She is watching someone watch someone play a game and watching their reactions to that. And you know, the best part was that you what? were watching her watch someone <laughs> watch someone watch someone play the game. I was like, what and are you doing? And if you would just get that camera, Drew, <laughs> turn that into selfie mode, pop that sucker on TikTok, you could be the next big thing. Uh, my daughter is not allowed on my home Wi-Fi because she uses TikTok, and she's very mad about it. Um, 
You better be careful because that you know in the in the future that might be you know like grounds for you know like a uh, a civil civil case that you were depriving you know your yeah, child of maybe. The, the freedom to uh, you know rot their brain. <laughs> uh, wait, we never. I never. I didn't get to ask my question earlier. Is there fantasy pickleball? Uh, no, there's not fantasy pickleball oh, yet, to my okay, knowledge. Good. But there, I'm guessing there will be soon. Fantasy tennis is not that big. Um, generally, generally, fantasy sports for solo sports are just like less interesting. So, I mean, yeah. fantasy golf is okay. That has oh, a decent God. size. Um, no way. There's fantasy. There's fantasy How NASCAR you... as well, but those are the kind of the the only big like solo sports. I thought fantasy NASCAR was called Forza Horizon or Gran Turismo. The thing that's really going to like make you throw your hands up is that they have fantasy, like you can do fantasies. I mean, you probably won't scoff at like that. You can do fantasy esports for like League of Legends or Counter-Strike, but you will probably scoff at the fact that you can do fantasy Madden where it's they run a Madden simulation of an NFL game and you can like bet and do fantasy on that as if it was a real game. Wait, <laughs> Hold on. Explain that way. You so hold on. So they're gonna, aut- they're gonna and this isn't people say, playing Madden. This no, is a Madden simulation. No, yeah, we're in the football off season. These people are degenerates. They need to gamble on football. What can we do? So we we can load up, we can load up a game of Madden, and then we can use the like computer versus computer simulation, and then they just like stream that out so that you know you know what's happening, and uh, then you can you know play it as if it was an actual game. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I am learning so much about the world of gambling right now. It's, um, I didn't, Don't worry, I didn't know any of this. getting legalized and nothing bad can happen. Nothing ever bad happens ever. Um, <laughs> wow. So wait, okay. Now I feel like, no, sorry. I just had like my, I'm off my ADHD meds thought of like my brain went down this path of like, I wonder if they're ever going to do like fantasy D and D. And then I realized they basically already have that. Like people watch critical role and like talk about yeah. what's going to happen. Like what's the DM going to do next? And I'm like, all right. Or, yeah. Okay. I mean, cool. once you can, once you can set up like a prediction market for something, then eventually it will turn into like, you know, gambling. Yeah. Cause people, cause we're degenerates, right? Like, well, not everyone, but I mean, name one person. Oh, you got me there. Yeah. See. All right. I bet you that. <laughs> Let's gamble on this. Show me one person who isn't slightly degenerate in some way, shape, or well, form. That, this can be your next like Rails hackathon project. Is like fantasy, like Rails. You know, Rails <laughs> core fantasy, right? You get points for every commit, every merge pull request. You know, I want to draft. I want to get team. tender. I'm going to draft tender love first round. Absolutely. You'll have to and, tweak the scoring. You know, if your pull request gets like rejected, then that's kind of like a fumble. Oh you know, yeah. If it, get, if it gets if it gets merged, then that's like a field goal. If it gets merged and backported, that's like double bonus points. Oh yeah. Well, what about co-authored commits? What how co-authored? Are we doing those? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. You probably have to have to work that out. Well, and you go, you also got to be careful because like Raphael gets a commit every time he merges someone's PR. Well, you like, know, Shohei so he's sort of cheating a little bit. I mean, he you gets know. you know Shohei Otani gets points for pitching and hitting, so that's just you know, <laughs> you just built different. 
built different. That reminds me, I got to do one of these random bonus episodes with Andrew Mason. Him and I went, I took, he had his first backpacking experience. We went into the Grand Canyon and I sort of feel like I need to do one of these random episodes of just picking his brain on like what went through his head as we're climbing out of the Grand Canyon, yeah. 3000 feet of elevation change over four miles uh, in like a hundred degree heat. <laughs> yeah. You guys probably had some pretty wild podcast topics that you missed out on. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're, they're in short supply, so you just got to capitalize on whatever you got. All right. Well, this was good. We talked about Canadian football, which I did not know was a thing, and I now know is a thing. We talked about hockey, which I love talking about. And you pickle talked ball. about pickleball. Sports betting. Yep. Sports betting. There's going to be professional pickleball. I think yeah. that's it. We gave someone, you know, the idea for the next hackathon to build uh, <laughs> fantasy fantasy rails. It's going to be great. It's going to yeah. be great. Oh, man. Cool. All right. This was a good bonus episode. 25 minutes. I like it. Unedited. <laughs> Perfect. Yup. All right. Stopping for realsies now. <laughs>